kettlebell dranger raiding season will commence next year on october 14th we will be once again at the athlete lab in little canada minnesota for the third annual twin cities kettlebell open registration is now available the lowest price it will be $60 until December 31st for those of you brave enough to sign up now you will be rewarded raffle prizes will once again be given to all participants and there will be a cash prize for those who wield the steel with great vigor come fight for your clan fight for yourself and may your name forever ring out in the Hall of Champions. Welcome to the Platform Podcast, where we talk to coaches, athletes, experts, and real people to learn about their approaches to training, nutrition, mindset, and much more. I'm your host, Jordan Kundi wright founder and head coach of the Twin Cities Kettlebell Club, and I'm on a mission to help others build sustainable, healthy lifestyles. Before we jump into the episode, I want to remind you that registration is live for the third annual Twin Cities Kettlebell Open on October 14th, hosted by our friends at the Athlete Lab in Little Canada, Minnesota, and the price is as low as it will be, just $60 for super early bird registration from now until January 1st. Just go to our website, TwinCitiesKettlebellClub.com slash TCKBOpen2023 to register. All right, this week, I am welcoming in my friend, Ryan Thompson. He is a member of the Twin Cities Kettlebell Club team, and he is also a bit of a unique uh, member because he is somebody who does most of his own programming, and we work together more on technique feedback um, when he needs it, but he likes to make some of his own programming um, because he has his own approach to programming, which we have talked about and uh, we talk about here in this episode. We dive into a little bit about his background as well as his approach to his programming, but the thing that I really wanted to bring him on to talk about was his approach to mindset training, his perspective on um, negativity, his perspective on doing hard things, and really how he likes to uh, embrace challenging things to improve his performance. I hope you'll find the conversation really useful. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I really enjoy talking to Ryan. He and I (laughs) clearly get along well and we have a lot in common. So I hope you guys find the conversation useful. Um, And just as always, I am incredibly grateful that you listen to this podcast and the best way you could support me is to go ahead and register for the Twin Cities Kettlebell Open for next year and maybe tell a friend or two. Just go to our website, TwinCitiesKettlebellClub.com for details. And of course, if you haven't already, please be sure to leave a rating and review of the Platform Podcast in your app of choice and support my work by supporting our sponsors whose affiliate links you'll find in the episode notes. And last but not least, if you want help reaching your goals without wasting time, please fill out the coaching interest form linked in the episode notes. I help athletes of all levels using my integrated coaching approach. You can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Twin Cities Kettlebell Club or email me at TwinCitiesKettlebellClub at gmail.com. Now, without further ado, let's step onto the platform with Ryan Thompson.
All right, welcome into this week's episode of the Platform Podcast. I am very honored to have in my friend, the man with the stash, Mr. Nordic Stash himself, Ryan Thompson. Ryan is one of the athletes of the Twin Cities Kettlebell Club, but we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that, about how he trains. Um, but I wanted to invite him onto this podcast because he has a very interesting perspective on doing hard things as well as uh, many other things. So Ryan, thank you so much for, uh, for taking the time to join me. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, of course, man. Um, so for people that don't know, you are married to Miss Brenna Thompson, who has been a uh, multiple guest on, on the podcast. She's she's a, a dietitian by trade and training, which we know from having her on. What do you do for, for your day job? Uh, I work in financial services in a financial reporting group for a, a large bank. Uh, pretty boring, pretty vanilla stuff. So I've got to find my excitement outside of work and uh, throw these cannonballs with handles around. <laughs> pretty boring, but also very stressful. So probably, uh, yeah. There's a lot going on. Maybe maybe going on. Bo- maybe boring is the wrong word for it. Maybe boring <laughs> boring to the outside observer, I think. But uh, I think you would probably yeah. categorize your job as as fairly high stress, or at least I would, based on based on what I know of you. So I wouldn't yeah, no, call it boring. I think you acclimate to it after a little bit, a little while. Um, you know, for those that know me, I, I do get to be a little bit of a, a junkie of maybe stress and pressure and, and kind of like being under the gun a little bit. Um, so it, it fits a personality in that respect. Okay. Um, well, let's, let's do the origin story a little bit. So, so take, take me back, uh, take me back to, to young Ryan. How did, how did you grow up? Where did you grow up? What did you do growing up? Like, you know, tell me, tell me how you came up. Yeah, so I, I grew up North Metro of the Twin Cities um, on a, a lake. I have two brothers. Um, we're pretty close, you know, outside all the time, running around. Um, you know, through high school, I kind of became a chubbier kid. Um, didn't really have fitness or organized sports, so to speak. So just kind of was aimless there. And then in college, um, you know, I got into weightlifting and, you know, you read Arnold Schwarzenegger books and say like, oh yeah, I'm going to be, I'm going to be jacked. And, and this is, this is going to be the, the plan. And you get hurt a couple of times and you decide maybe this isn't the plan. And um, so kind of aimless and, you know, fast forward, we lived in Georgia. I got into doing some running, got into doing some other weightlifting, eventually found some strong first um, activities around the tactical strength challenge. So that's like a deadlift, a pull up and a hard style snatch. So that was my introduction to kettlebells and um i was married to brenna uh, we'd been married and she was into that and and kind of drug me along and that's how that started and it was it was fun it was hard um it was kind of a mix of strength and endurance capacity and i really thought that was that was more interesting so kind of stayed in the vein of more you know, strength type of activity kettlebell activity to to just you know swings and snatches at the very very most and then you know pandemic hit and everybody's looking around for something to do. And before that, I was doing a, an easy strength, you know, Dan John, classic, easy strength. I was having a really good progression. Um, you know, we're probably fast forward a little bit, but I was getting up at four o'clock in the morning and I hit the gym by like 4.15, 4.20, 4 at the very latest, do an hour at the gym. And I was, and um, you know, that would include like some easy strength and maybe like some cardio for fat loss and that type of thing. And there was some kettlebell snatching in there. And that was the, you know, what I had until the pandemic hit. So I'm looking around and said, you know, what the heck can I do? What, what am I going to do here? And like everybody else decided, well, let's, let's buy one of these, you know, kettlebells and, and do something, do something there. And the only thing I could find was a, a competition style 
kettlebell kings and a competition style Vulcan kettlebell, which there's almost nobody made, nobody has a Vulcan kettlebell. They got these really big windows. Yeah. I like, I liked that at one time. And then now, now I'm not a huge fan, but um, so I got the, the competition style and then um, kind of fell into it that way. So the origin story, you know, that was fast, but um, it's been around kind of finding my path and trying to figure out what that looks like. Yeah. Just like everybody else. Well, I mean, you're crazy, man. I, I like you, but you're crazy. I mean, you, you and Brenner are both like up at the, up at the crack of dawn, you know, early, early risers. Like I'm much more likely to catch you on the backside, like of my day, oh, yeah. like at 4am than I am to be getting up to, to go work out at 4am. That's, that's crazy. The only time I get up that early is for deer hunting opener. Otherwise it like, you might catch me like pulling an all nighter coding or something or doing some, something weird. But, uh, yeah, that's that, that, to me, that, that in and of itself to me is, uh, is a little different, but well, you know, before kids, I would be a kind of after work, you know, evening, 8 p.m. guy. And there's a lot of a lot of people in the gym. It was busy. I always got frustrated with that. And then we had our, our first son, who's four now, and about six, seven months old. I wanted to get back into the gym more regularly. And I just could not find a time. But I found if I woke up early and just dragged myself out of bed, I could get to the gym and there's nobody there. And it was like mm. this, like, what, what are people doing here? <laughs> and I'm going to be one of those people and why not try it? And I stuck with it. And that was the, the, the first time where I really started going basically every day to the gym. Um, and because of the routine and just having kind of the absence of additional people, I was able to be really efficient. And now I'm just that guy. I'm, I, you know, I'm a morning person. Though in the summer, in Minnesota, we don't get a lot of sunlight and, and time to work out outside. So I try to go outside in the afternoon when I get home from work, you know, occasionally. Those are the ones that make it on Instagram because it's not pitch black and I'm not, you know, haggard. Oh, we, we got we got a hashtag for training in dark though. It's it's kettle after dark, right? And that can be that can be on either side. Like that can be because because I was the opposite of you, but I, I just did it I just did it the opposite way, right? I had the same same thing, right? I've got two young kids, which which you know, and uh, I, I just was like, I can't I can't train in the mornings because I used to I used to work uh I used to work in a warehouse where I had to be at work at my desk like 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 working at 6 a.m. And so like going to the office at 4 a.m. Um, to, to work out before work just was not working for me. I kept getting hurt. Um, but I, I decided, okay, I can, I can start training at 9 p.m. or 10 p.m. <laughs> and that actually worked better for me because my body was warm and I wasn't as, I wasn't as uh, beat up or, you know, so, but I found that, that same type of struggle where it was like, where do you find the time? And <laughs> for, 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 for parents, especially of younger kids, it's kind of like, well, you either got, you got the early morning or you got the after the kids go to bed. So I actually started doing my 9, 9 p.m. and I, you know, 9 p.m., 10 p.m. workouts and started hashtagging kettle after dark. Um, um, because all of my videos were like in my garage at 10 o'clock at night. And yeah, I mean, you kind of, you kind of do what, do what you have to do. And you know, if it, if it works for you, you find, it is nice to have those, especially if you're going to a public gym, like those, those quiet times when you're like, I run this place. I'm the only one here. I can do whatever I want. This is fantastic. Well, you get to this mode where there's like two or three other guys and you see each other every day and you kind of know what you're going to do. And there's this mutual respect where I felt in the afternoons, there's too many people, you, you set something down and turn around to get a drink of water and it's gone. Man. <laughs> You're like, yeah, so, I was in the middle of five sets and you, you took my, you took yeah, my bells. It's gone. Yeah. yeah. So now, now I'm just in the garage. We've got this great shirt. I don't actually, 
uh, I forget where I got it, but it's this garage fit on there. And I really love that shirt because it's a CrossFit rip, which I'm, you know, people love CrossFit. That's kind of like its own thing. It's like the kettlebell sport of barbell world, as I like to think about it. Um, there's like this very intense following, but um, I love my garage fit, you know, uh, activities. I take it outside in the summer, though. It's uh, it's nice to, to go outside, get some fresh air, you know, train with some, you know, some elements and. We, I mean, we got to do um, it in Minnesota. We got we got to soak yeah. up the good days like that. People are always like, I can't believe you live there. I'm like, you got to be here in the summer. You got to see how great it is in the summer. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's awesome. But I think that you and I are wired pretty similarly. Like, you go outside even when it's cold, and you'll train oh, outside. Yeah. Uh, you'll train outside uh, when it's cold just just because. Um, where did that like? Where did that? Uh, I can do hard things or. Uh, the intentional exposure to hard things. Where, where did that, where did that come from? Like, when did that start for you? Cause I'm honestly surprised when you said that you didn't, you didn't play sports in high school. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised by that. Cause knowing you and knowing how competitive you are as a, as a person, like, and, and your focus and intention, I would have guessed that you were a three sport athlete, like always, always been super competitive. Yeah. Like, you know, so that kind of, that kind of surprises me. So when, when did that start for you that like, I can do hard things or intentionally choosing to do hard things? I don't know exactly. I, I think some of that comes back to maybe being heavier or being overweight when I was younger, like struggling with that and, and having to overcome it. And, um, you know, kind of like the, the, my body of advice or knowledge is the, the power of negativity. The power of negativity is a motivator. And that seems really bad. Like it seems like really bad. But just hang with me for a second. Yeah, we, we got it. Um, we got to dig into this. The power of negativity. We're going to put it on a shirt. <laughs> Uh, it, it's, it's two things. I mean, I, as I like to think about it, it's kind of two things. I mean, I'm really an optimistic guy. So for me to find motivation, I come back to the power of negativity, which is like, I, I fixate for a short period of time on, on my failures. Like if I have a goal and I don't meet it, I give myself just a set amount of time to really just wallow in that, that, that pain, frustration, and depression. And then I have to move on. And how long is that period it, of time? Maybe, you know, an, couple of hours at the very most depends. I mean, okay. it could be a big thing that's kind of lingering on, but if it's like a, let's say I had a goal in a particular lift and I failed that I'm going to sit there for 10, five, 10 minutes and just say, man, you really sucked today, Ryan, you gotta, you gotta work better on that. Um, so it's like using motivation as some fuel or the, the failure as the fuel to, to move forward. And then also thinking about like, I've done this before. I've done many things before, and those are little tiny baby steps to say, you know, I was well over 200 pounds and I got to think of my leanest, maybe 180. And that was a different mode of training. And, you know, I was looking pretty jacked at the time and I thought, this is, this is great. Um, so I've done hard things and now it's picking new goals and iterating on that. And when you've done more and more and more hard things, like um, I'll use an example it's really popular now, cold showers, cold exposure. If you can do 10 breaths of cold water in a shower, well, tomorrow, maybe you can do 11 because you've already done 10. Maybe you can do 12 the next day, 13. And iterating on those baby steps eventually becomes a much more impactful accomplishment. Um, so the power of negativity is just saying, I, I failed, but there's a lot of life ahead of me. This is a journey. I'm gonna learn up from these errors and mistakes and move forward. And then when you do accomplish something that's hard, saying, I've done this before. So if I start at that place, the next step isn't that big. 
I love it. I love it. Yeah, that's a that's a great that's a great philosophy. It's uh your your like wallow in it uh, statement actually resonates really strongly with me because I actually had a I had my my college football coach, my college head football coach at Luther. Um, he was great. He 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 said he said twenty four hour rule. That's what he gave us, and that this was specific to after a game, right? So you go out, you know, you prepare all week. Um, you you prepare all week. You bust you bust your ass. You go out and you try your hardest and. You don't win every game, um, you know, unless you're unless you're Trevor Lawrence playing at Clemson or something like you, you don't you don't win every game that you play in college because the other teams are good, too. Right. And so, like, you know, my senior year, we went six and four. We won more than we lost, but we still lost four games. Right. And um, I, I like you, like, you know, I, I would get pissed about whatever my role was in in that loss. Right. Whatever yeah. my responsibility was in that loss, I would I would fixate on that. But he, he gave us the thing that was cool and it was for me it was formative because you know I was younger right was he get he's like you have permission to feel whatever you're feeling right now but what you don't have permission to do is allow it to to affect your preparation for the next game because we have another game to play so you learn from this experience you have 24 hours to feel however you're going to feel about it because we don't have practice tomorrow we don't have film tomorrow you know so Sunday was our day of feel however you're going to feel about it and you get 24 hours and that that applied win or lose right if we win you have 24 hours to feel good about yourself and, and be happy about it and then come monday it's time to get to work right it's over yeah. move on to that move on to the next thing and it sounds like you kind of scale scale that approach to like whatever the however big or small the goal is and I, you yeah know, it's just like you know if, if i just failed to set okay i can be pissed about it for five minutes if i went to a competition that i prepared for for six months and i i didn't hit the rank that i wanted to hit or whatever then uh then i can be pissed about it for a little bit longer but not no longer than it than it's uh is the time frame in which it's time to get to work on the next thing right and you, you yep. use that yeah. you just use that as motivation for for the next thing I, I think that's i think that's right like using it for the next thing and then like when i was growing up um we didn't have a ton of money for extravagances and and once you know i, I wrecked a car on a winter road and smashed a snowbank and hit a mailbox and i was i was beat up about it and you know i got it home is in the is in the the garage my dad comes home and he's like well you know that sucks it really sucks but now we got to fix it. And it was just, just like, you know, click and maybe you misremember that or you focus on like just the message, but it was this, okay. Yeah. Feel how you're going to feel, but we still have work to do. We still got to go forward and do whatever it is to take care of this because if you don't do anything then you can't drive the car. It's just, it's got this big fender with wings sticking out of it and everything. So um, a lot of that was just moving forward and like focusing on, having the discipline to move forward. And that's really hard, really hard. And I've been focusing on that for a while now. I've been focusing on like the self-control and the discipline aspect of that. And some of that just comes down to doing hard things and um, you know, suffering a little bit and, and making it through that type of thing. So let's, let's, let's pull the thread on that a little bit. Um, you and I often will, you know, you'll, you'll, te you'll message me or whatever on, on Instagram or text me. And, and sometimes, uh, uh, you'll say embrace the suck, right? Yeah. Uh, where, where did, where did, I mean, I know where, I know where I first heard that, but where did that, where did yeah. that come from for you? Like when, when did you start uh, taking that as a, as a mantra, like embrace, embracing the suck? 
I mean, I, I think I, I reiterate that. I think that's probably a Jocko thing. Um, he's it, got this discipline equals freedom, yeah. which I'm a big fan of. And it's I, a military. It's a military thing. The Marine. Yeah. The Marine Corps says it all the time. The Navy yeah. SEALs say it yeah. all the time. Yeah. So Jocko. Jocko Willick. For those of you who don't know, he's got a great podcast. Form. You know, former Navy SEAL. You know, does all sorts well, of all sorts of, of stuff. Yeah. One. One of the best. Like just discipline motivators out there for someone who's new and just going through hard times. Like great guy. Um, really impactful to those that are looking for that type of motivation. And, you know, Embrace the Suck, I think, is just to go out there and do it. Um, you know, I, I lifted next to Dave um, during the Twin City Kettlebell Open. Dave Seabiehart. Shout out to Seabs. Yeah. We'll give Seabs a shout out. Not that he listens he, to the podcast. But. Oh, man. This is the, he was great to lift next to him. We're going we're gonna to talk about it next year, and I'm, I'm going to lift next to him. That's, that's going to be my flight schedule if I can twist your arm. Uh, um, I, can, I think said, I can like, make that happen. Although Sarah Fornero, <laughs> just so we're clear, Sarah Fornero control. So she's the one you need to bribe slash cajole, um, whatever. She's, she's the mastermind of the flight schedule there we go there we go but he 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 said like you know let's go have fun and i was like i'm not here to have fun i'm here to suffer like, I, <laughs> I did a 24 a two by 24 five minute triathlon and i knew and you were really and you were tough. and you were you were sick the week before too right like you were you were I was, you were super sick, I was sick the, week, the before. week before i was i was sick about yeah eight days beforehand uh my training went off for probably a week or so before that so a solid like two and a half weeks i was just not where I should be. Although Seebs was and, sick too. Like he looked like warmed over death when he came for, when he came for weigh-ins, like he was super sick and he looked a little better on, on comp day, but he was, yeah. he was super sick too. So anyway, that, sorry, I digress. That's the mental, that's the mental game of like, no, I'm, I'm here to do something really hard. And rather than saying like, I'm going to come have fun. I'm going to lift 16s if I'm going to have fun. Um, I'm going to try to do something really hard and see if I could do it. And that, that's, more and more of those things I'm trying to, to seek out. Um, you know, the other day I was out in a t-shirt, it was 30 degrees outside in the driveway, lifting my sandbag up and down and doing some, some workout. And that's just, man, it, that was cold, but, uh, it's going to get colder. You know, yeah. garage gym is going to be 25 degrees here in about a month or so. So it's time to really buck up. Do you, uh, do you blow torch your handles before you, before you start <laughs> lifting? Um, I, I, I have been known to do that. Yeah. I have been known to blow torch the handle or maybe set them next to a, a space heater. But, uh, if you're in a pinch and you want to, it really does help with the chalk adhesion too, but just yeah. hit them with a blow torch real quick. Don't overdo it. And they'll be warm for the set. <laughs> That is a that is a uh, hashtag Minnesota hack for for people yeah. that don't live in cold climates. All our all my Texas people are like, "What the fuck are you guys talking yeah. about? How do you live there?" But when uh, it when it gets a little colder, maybe I'll make a little primer uh, of how to do that. But um, I love yeah, that. it's <laughs> there's you know you just learn to it. You know, two sweatshirts, my frumpy sweatpants, and, and just go out there and freeze to death until you get a sweat on. Um, but what I found is you know because I'm training in elements. Uh, you kind of change your modalities. You have this like seasonality to it. I don't, just, I don't train sport the whole year. So basically Twin City Kettlebell Open, Riddlestruck, those are like competitions where I'm trying to hit a particular rank. And then after that, the rest of the fall is fun. The, f the fun time of the year. I just kind of have some loose programming, some things that I want to hit and then go out there and just you know, maybe work on technique, whatever, and enjoy the weather. 
um, you know, swing, swing my caddy in the, the driveway and make all my neighbors look at me strange, that kind of thing. <laughs> uh, shout out to, to Nate Cameron. Yeah. That, the caddy, caddy gets a lot of use in the driveway at you know, six o'clock in the morning when people are going to work and my neighbors, I, they're, they're all wondering, what the hell is he doing? Um, is he training for, you know, the, uh, the medieval Knights game or, you know, Renaissance festival, something like that. Dude, I, I drove, I drove past you earlier this week. Uh, when I was leaving, when, when you were, you were coming around the curve to go to Lund's, I was, I was going to Lund's and I saw you and waved, but I don't think you're, you probably didn't. I was just in the neighborhood dropping off some bells to your neighbor, Michael, who's also on the team. And, uh, <laughs> I don't think you, I don't think you saw me. And I was like, I was like, I was like, Oh, that's Ryan. <laughs> I recognized the stash from like a yeah. hundred yeah. feet away while, while driving. I was like, Oh, that's gotta be uh, Ryan. <laughs> I saw you. Uh, I was taking my my four year old home from preschool, so I uh, like I caught you right at the end. I'm like, that was Jordan. Maybe it was Jordan. That had to be Jordan. Yeah. And then, and then I wondered, like, what is he doing? What here? is he doing and this I, far this far over? Yeah. Um, so it's it's good, but uh, anyway, we, we digress. We uh, we we do digress. It's okay. Pe- people know. Like that's it's fine. It's fine. Um, I, I do. I'm. I am curious. Is there an inflection point? Because in my head, as you're talking about this, you're you're saying like, um, you know, it. I I, I go there to suffer, and like I, I choose to I choose to push to the hard things. I choose to do these things, and it's not fun. But I feel like at a certain point, you when you do that enough times, there's a weird toggle that happens in your head where like you start to enjoy that as much as like, like people start getting addicted to that suck, that, that suffering piece of it, especially in this sport. And I know it's not unique to this sport. Like you just, there's something that happens. I don't know when it, when exactly it happens, but there's a certain point where like going and doing an easy workout. That's, that's just fun or or relaxing is actually harder. Um, like to get yourself to, to allow yourself to do that. Um, when, when you get kind of addicted to the, to the, to the pain, factor into the to the doing hard things like i don't know there's a like you start associating that with with having fun i, I don't know if i'm articulating this oh, well I, but, but i love like, it I, I love it i i love that that feeling of like walking away but i i really worked hard like i really accomplished something and if i think it's a sense of accomplishment i would say it's kind of like the you know, runners that hit certain distance goals or maybe not a runner's high but they they feel like they're accomplishing something that's measurable and quantifiable there's maybe less of that in sport because you're competing against yourself, or maybe it's just an intuitive day of time and you're not keeping track of the number of reps, but you have a, a feeling of accomplishment of I stood the time for three minutes, seven minutes, whatever it is, 10 minutes. And um, I did it. And that sense of accomplishment when you're doing something hard or you're, you're pushing yourself on pace. I think that really gives you that kind of aura of, you know, this is, this is good. This is really good. Yeah, it, it's otherwise, like, if you don't get to deep water, if you don't get to deep water, it feels like you wasted the day. And that's not true. Like, just so I'm clear for, for every, for everybody, like, like that is actually something you need to guard against, especially in this sport for the sake of longevity. Like you can't always crush yourself every single day. Like you have to have easy, easy days, medium days and hard days, right? It can't, they can't all be hard days. (laughs) And yet, and yet there are times when it's like the easy days feel like, 
you feel like you you let yourself off, right? Like you let yourself off the hook or like, you know, like, like I, you know, we had the, I had the conversation with Brenna as we were doing the taper before the comp. She was like, that was it. Like that was, that was all I had. Like, it was so weird. I went to the, I went to the Y and it took me longer to get there and get ready and everything than it took me to do the workout. It was like, yeah, because I took your workout to, you know, 40% of what we normally do, which is necessary in order to peak at the competition. But it's such a hard thing to like get used to doing and it's it's one of those things it's like once you get to the point where you get used to and addicted to um doing the hard thing and taking yourself to deep water you have to also like find ways to make sure that you understand (laughs) that not going to the deep water doesn't make it a wasted day and it was still useful and you know there's still value in that because you can't go to the deep water every day but like i don't know when it happened for me but at a certain point i got addicted to going to deep water right like and, and i feel like if i didn't if i didn't take myself to the deep end i didn't really push it i didn't get i i, I feel like i don't get better that day and i know that that's not true but there's a weird i don't know there's there's a weird flip that switched at some point for me with that and i think you're i think you're kind of the same way you got you got kind of addicted to doing the the hard stuff yeah i i think particularly when I started sport, I'd go to deep water every day. And I, and I like to train basically seven days a week and then life gets in the way to give me a day off. That's, that's the way my training modality works. Um, so you, you get, I was getting into deep water all the time and then that was getting closer and closer to an injury. So for me, be, I think because I've got a better handle, I'm doing this for a while, I kind of understand where I'm at mentally and physically, I can avoid that and f- the, the hardest thing for me to do is put time and energy towards kind of the mobility and the rehab. So mm. like Tim Anderson's original strength program, awesome program. I feel so good after I do 45 minutes of original strength. I hate doing it because <laughs> it's not like you just, you're it's crawl, not like you're crawling doing, and, <laughs> you're, you're not, you're not exhausted afterwards and you don't, you're not lifting heavy weight and, and you don't, I don't like that, but I know I need to do it. And that's one of the things where, um, <laughs> during, during workouts, just to get myself through it, I'll, I'll tell myself like shoulder the yoke, whatever, whatever it is, whatever the obligation is, I wrote this down. I need to, I need to hold this load and, and make sure that I accomplish what I set out to accomplish, uh, within reason, obviously I don't want to overdo it and hurt myself, but you know, I, I need to do this so that I can hit it hard the next day. And maybe two days later, I'm going to have a, a heavy jerk set because I'm in, I've been working on some heavy jerks lately, and I know that if I don't do the right rehab and mobility, that set is going to be terrible. And I'm going to hate myself because I didn't do, put in the work two days prior. Um, but I need to really focus in and say, this is where I, this is the money I need to put in the bank today, so that I can be better tomorrow. Um, some of the, some of that hard thing is the mental game of putting energy where you need to put it. I think I think we need to do a, we need to do a a Thompson series of T-shirts on the website. We've got we've got we've got the do hard things, uh, the power of negativity, embrace the suck. That one we might be trademarked. We might not be able to do that one. But the shoulder the yoke. Oh. Um, we, I mean, I think we I think we got a whole I think we got a whole bunch of we got a whole bunch of uh, good good catchphrases. You're a man of catchphrases, I think. I, I guess I, I have a I have a whole list of them. My uh, my staff at work uh, see I have this piece of paper. It's just a regular computer sheet of paper and it, and it just has three words, purpose, action, result. And it is a, like a mantra of continuous improvement that I've thought about for a long time. And it's ripped off of Greg, Pl- Greg Cliff, a bodybuilder, uh, used to be an army ranger, awesome guy, like the first inspirational person I really picked up. And for me, it talks about like, you know, defining 
what, what success you want to have. Everybody's got individual lives. Everybody's tailor-made. You know, define what your success looks like. Define that purpose. Execute on an action. Measure a result. And that's, you know, maybe that's a short-term goal. Maybe it's a long-term goal. But if you iterate on that, you, you can have whatever life you want to have. And, um, you know, I focus on a few kind of key personal goals for my, myself physically and mentally, spiritually. And I found a lot of success with that. And I, I tell my staff on business things, you know, purpose, action, result. Like it's just continuous improvement. That's a, it's a very keep it stupid, simple kind of approach yeah. to it. Like very, like those are three, like any, anybody can remember three words, right? <laughs> right? Like yeah. that. I, I, I really, I really like that. But you, you also touched on, you're talking about, um, kind of three domains, right? Three or what I would call three pillars, right? Where, where you're talking about physical, mental, and, and spiritual. Are those kind of the, your three areas or do you have more that you that you focus on when you're thinking about goal setting? Do you just focus on kind of those three domain areas or, or do you do you branch out do you branch out further? Um, I, I think those are kind of the three primary areas that I think about. Um, and and you know within there there are things that cross over. Like, you know, I'm a dad. I try to think about like physical, mental, and spiritual development of my kids. And that's maybe one goal that complements some of my own individual goals in those categories. So thinking about helping them define what their success looks like in whatever endeavor they've got, they've got, you know, swimming lessons and, you know, we go to church and, you know, developing rituals and traditions and habits to make them a good person because they're little people and we, we're responsible for their development. Um, and boiling it down to something that's in those three pillars, I think you can put a lot of goals in there that everyone's chasing on, Instagram or social media or wherever, and uh, just iterate on those. Um, it doesn't have to be the end result goal that you're looking for. Just pick the next step and get to that one and then do it over and over and over again. Yeah, that's a very, it's a very uh, agile approach to, to goal setting, which I, which I personally really, really love. I actually have a planner that, that is like called scrum for life that I'm working on. That's my own, <laughs> my own like written, like uh planner for, for that, for that exact purpose, because I find it, I find it is helpful to focus on when you think about like time, right? Like, of course you can go more atomic than you can go more atomic than, than day to day, but you know, nobody plans their life hour to hour. Well, very few people plan their life hour to hour, but like almost everybody thinks about what they need to do today. Right. And if you can, if you can go top down for your planning and think about what you want to accomplish for the year and then break it down and think about like months and then, but then ultimately you have to action around the day. And so, you know, always thinking about how to express those, how to express those things in the daily, you know, like what's the purpose, what's the action, what's the result from, from each day. Right. Like to, to paraphrase your, you know, your framework, right. Like I, I love that. I love that, uh, that granularity of it. Right. Because it, because it, it's not overwhelming. It's like, what do I need to do today? What, what, what do I need to do today? I need to do these five things. And I, I always focus on what are my five key strategic things I need to accomplish today. If I accomplish those five things every day, I know I've made progress, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's that, that to me is, is a good, a good approach. It's, um, I really, I really like that, that, really fast that fast iteration feed feedback loop that you're that you're talking about i think that's i think that's really really yeah. productive how does that how does uh how does brenna like it does she does she uh, <laughs> well does she I mean, line the like, same way there's there's small cycles and big cycles and every big cycle's got a bunch of little cycles in it um so you know you can think about it a whole bunch of different ways and and maybe just before we go to brenna but like and maybe tying into her, like, you don't have to do it all yourself. Like she doesn't program anything for herself. She outsources it to you and her programming 
is great for her, uh, not great for me. Like I, I just, I have a different style and I've been, I think about it a lot. That's like one of the things I like to think about that's not work related and it, it's a good outlet for me. So I have time and attention towards that. She doesn't have the time for it. So you can outsource it when somebody else, you know, develop the iteration plan for you and be really successful with it. Like you know, she crushed the Twin City Kettlebell Open. Like she crushed did. it. <laughs> Kettlebell Drenga, thank you for raiding with me. You wielded the steel with honor, grit, determination, and bravery. Thank you to everyone who participated in this year's Twin Cities Kettlebell Open. Thank you again to our sponsors, Barefoot Athletics, Pro Kettlebell, Kettlebell Kings, Living.Fit, Sorensen Strong, CK Maceworks, Bellevator, and Verizon Home Internet. Prepare yourselves for raiding season to come again in 2023. Keep your steel sharp. Keep your body fit and your mind ready. And I will be back to tell you when it is time for raiding to commence. So... Uh, I heard, I heard, I heard a rumor though that you said, yeah, but it was only with AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I might have said that half-heartedly. I was very proud of her. I know very you. I know you were. I know you're um, just giving her. I know you're just giving her a hard time. <laughs> well, I think some of that was because she put the eights back in in the bed of my truck after she was done, and I was like, well, there's twelves at home. Yeah. Like, oh, I told her, I told her the same thing as she was walking out with them. I was like, really? You think you need those? Like, you really? You think you're going to be getting any program? <laughs> with those she's like well you never know i was like no you're right it's good for you to have them we'll we'll do some lighter days like we were just talking about they won't always be heavy days they won't always be long sets with 12s but yeah i was thinking the same thing i was like hey, she yeah. she really need those well you know when we when i started training in sport i had a set of 16 alenkos and um you know very uh unusual window size bell shape is really bottom heavy whatever. Um, it was what I could get. It's what I had available. And I, I traded those. When she started in sports, she put those into the rack. It's like, I can't, I can't even try these one. They're too heavy and two, they're too big. So, you know, pro kettlebell makes this smaller version. The Atlas. Atlas, I think. Yeah, the Atlas. Yeah. yeah. And, and for like a smaller frame person, they fit perfect. And then, you know, like we've got this set of 12. So I'm like, I, I made a big, I, I love the, I love pro kettlebell. It's like a, you know, I love the distribution. I love the story. All that kind of stuff. Shout out to Nikolai, yeah. Nikolai Puchlau, yeah. Seattle oh, Kettlebell man, Club awesome. and Pro Kettlebells. Yeah, awesome stuff. And I was like, well, now we got to set 12s. And then I've been thinking, well, if she gets if she gets real good at the 12s and, you know, my bell collection in the basement is going to get bigger and I'm going to have to find, you know, some new places to store these uh, or, or do something. So, um, you know, that was a long rambling story. I'm excited to see her, her advance up in weight, um, as I've been able to do. And it's, it's really cool to see that progression because it's lumpy and coming back to the cycles, like kettlebell sport is a lumpy progression. You're, if you're with a, a single weight for a while and you get proficient at it and then you jump and that jump is, you know, maybe it's two kilos or four kilos for a competition weight. And all of a sudden you're, you're really working a lot harder. Um, but it's measurable at that point in time yeah. too. Yeah, and those and those 
those two kilo and four kilo jumps are, uh, they represent different percentages of change. Like, the, you know, the, the lower you are on the, on the weight classes and the lower you are in the bell weight, like the, the higher percent of change a two kilo or four kilo uh, increase represents, right? So the jump from eight to 12s is actually about as big of a jump as you'll see in kettlebell sport. Because if you think about it, like it's a 50% increase to go from eight kilos yeah. to 12 kilos, right? Like that's, that's a massive jump. Whereas when you're going from 28 to 32, that's a much smaller jump, right? So as a, as a represented as a, as a percentage, right? So um, it's one of those things that I don't think people fully take into account when they're thinking about their progression as they, as they move up. Up. We all want to get to the heavy weights. Um, you know, everybody want to be master of sport. Nobody want to lift these heavy ass weights. But uh, <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's one of those things that you need to take into account. Like a four kilo jump is non trivial, especially when you're at the when you're at the lighter when you're in a lighter weight class or when you're working with lighter weights. Like it's it's very much a a non a non trivial um, percent of percent of, of increase. Um, anyway, see, we were talking about like you know power negativity goal setting in those three pillars and like how do I compare to my my wife and I think she's you know got a different mentality like she she is not a power of negativity person um <laughs> she's not focusing on negative and that's that's fine like you know I, I everyone is wired everybody's wired a little differently yeah. I like that kind of mo- style of motivation I think she's looking for more positive reinforcement um kind of like more of the you know, help me push along, win, win at my back type of motivation rather than like, you know, run away from the fire. It's, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, it's doom and gloom type of motivation. Um, and that's, that's great. Everybody has to find what works for them. Um, and then iterate on their cycles to make progress. Well, and that's the, I mean, that's the, the joy of coaching and, and actually like you're, you're paraphrasing something that Dennis Facilio said in, in our interview when I was asking him like, well, what's the key to unlocking, you know, what's the key to un- unlocking and developing mindset with your athletes? And, and he basically said almost exactly what you were just saying is like, we have to figure out what works for you. Right. And, um, <clears throat> it took me, it took me a long time. Um, I'm, I'm sensitive, believe it or not. I'm actually a sensitive person. Um, so it took me a long time as a, as a, as an athlete and and this is I credit I credit sports for for giving me thicker skin because it took me a long time as an athlete to be able to take negative feedback in a in a way to use it as fuel. I it, I used to get I used to just get you know for lack of a better term, butt hurt about it. And I would, I would get sad, you know, my coach, my coach told me, you know, X, Y, or Z, you know, and it wasn't until, um, I embraced like the, no, I'm going to use it as fuel that I, that I got, that I got better, but it is, it is really important to find that right fit and what, and what works for you. Because like, even, even though I can, I, and because I, I didn't have any choice. I worked with a lot of asshole football coaches, right? Like I, I had to, get, I had to get used to being told that I sucked. You know, I had to get used yeah. to, I had to get used to, to responding positively to negative stimulus. Um, I learned that skill, but it was painful and hard. Um, but I still very much more enjoyed playing for coaches that were more positive and more upbeat and, and more, uh, you know, rah, rah and, and very, and very, you know, enthusiastic, um, and coaches that were very subdued or very like, um, I got, you know, my, my college offensive line coach is a great example. He's, he now works for the, for the green Bay Packers. Um, he, he told me I had a good game twice, twice in, in three years of playing for him. I got two good jobs, <laughs> you know? So, but those meant, those meant a lot to me. Right. And because it, it, I knew that I earned it, you know, but I had, I had to learn that, that ability, but like finding those, finding those keys that unlock your own, uh, individual motivation is, is really, uh, 
really important. And I think that's one of the things that I enjoy most about coaching is, um, you know, different approaches for, for different people, because, you know, I work with, I work with Brenna uh, a lot. I work with you very sparingly, but that's because that's what works for you, right? <laughs> like you need technique feedback sometimes. And when you have questions, you'll, you'll ask me questions. Otherwise I just leave you alone because you've got your own, you've got your own way that you like to, that you <laughs> like to do things. So I'm going to, I'm going to yeah. use that as a segue. Tell us a little bit about, um, the Ryan Thompson, uh, training methodology. Um, cause, oh, cause from the outside looking in, um, it looks a little bit like a, a squirrel with a pixie stick that, uh, is kind of going from, from, you know, think, think to think to think to think, but I know that there's more, there's more thought that goes into it, but yeah. just from the outside, it looks like, okay, it's a little scattershot, but t- tell me about your, your philosophy a little bit. That's probably my, because my Instagram is, you know, basically, uh, like highlights of terribly shot videos <laughs> of, of occasional things. Um, I mean, so when I was preparing for competition, it's much more regimented. It's yeah. basically triathlon training three days in a row. So I'll do, you know, jerk, snatch, long cycle, rinse and repeat. And then I wave the weight distribution through there. So kind of volume and intensity waves um, every in a cycle, maybe like a three to seven day cycle, depending. Um, and that could be duration or the weight of the bells going up or down that type of thing. So that, that kind of training cycle for this last season started Memorial day, rough, you know, roughly Memorial day. Uh, my birthday. That, let's, let's, let's put it based on things that people know. My birthday, May, sure. May 27th. Every, everybody knows yeah. that. Yeah. It's coach George's birthday is when, when that's, Nordic that's when it's, that's when it starts. Off. And, um, <laughs> you know, I was going for, uh, I was primarily focusing on riddle at the time. The riddle struck open. Um, awesome event put on by Steve riddle really supportive community. Um, first time competing in it. I did it virtually. Are you coming to Canada with me next year? Are we going, are, are we, are we making, I think I'm, I'm maybe, going. Maybe. So I think, I think you should, I, I think you guys should plan it. Let, let's, let's go. We, we should, we should maybe talk about doing a border battle down in June um, with the, uh, the Iowa Grivik. Uh, uh, I forgot what his name is. Um, Matt. Just Matt. Yeah, yeah. Just, just, just go down there and just take the Twin City kettlebell down club on the road to go i've been i've been chatting with him a little bit yeah yeah anyways anyways we we'll plan our we'll plan our we'll plan our dual invasion strategy later (laughs) yeah so uh but no so that was uh that was a a competition that i focused on for approximately three months and the focus that i was i was looking for is i was i was hoping to get ranked two in two by 20 long cycle for 10 minutes um i did better than that i got rank one just barely um and that was great, but I was, I was focusing on, you know, every individual lift, one lift a day. And I just trained basically 70 days in a row. Um, there's a couple of, uh, times hashtag no days day. off. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, it's beautiful in Minnesota. It was, a, it was yeah. a, the focus and actually focusing on one lift. Um, I kind of really refined an area of a weak point for me. It was like my warm up routine, kind of like a motivation factor. What do I need to do to get ready to do a lift? Um, so I was really trying to work on that and then work on pacing, which fell apart in competition, um, <laughs> as it does you for te- a lot of people. You tend to come out hot. I don't know if yeah. I've told you that before, but you tend to come out excited. I, I backed that down for Twin Cities, <laughs> but did. for Riddle, I was, I, well. was, I was really uh, all over the board. Um, so like my focus points were warm up routine, trying to intuitively kind of breathe through my reps and pacing. And I was doing really well with that during the training cycle. Once that end uh, ended and I hit rank one, which was going to be my goal going into Twin Cities, I kind of had to rethink. 
and we had a technique session, watch try triathlon, and that fit with the same training modality. And I just bumped up the intensity a little bit. Um, you know, basically moving from 20 as a competition weight to 24 as a competition weight. So adjusted the weight intensity up, duration down a little bit. Um, so whereas I might've been focusing on you know, seven minute sets in June, July, I was focusing on three to five minute sets for a five minute triathlon um, in this last cycle. Um, and then now it's just a free for all for about a month of whatever I wanna do. Um, so I've got a couple of these Vulcan sandbags that I've filled up with, you know, 160 to 200 pounds of sand, depending on which sandbag. And I'll carry this up and down the driveway, more time with the caddy, uh, the caddy rock, um, and then working on some, you know, just heavier sport technique, um, trying to get comfortable with the heavier weights with 24s. Um, we got a set of 28s that, um, our set of pro kettlebells more comfortable in the rack for me personally and like getting more comfortable with jerk cycles um, for those. So I might do like five sets of 10 jerks um, as a training cycle on that day. And I'll, you know, moving into the winter time, what I'll normally do is I'll have a, a much longer warm up period because uh, it's 30 both literally, literally and, and, yeah. and, and physically. <laughs> and then, and then, uh, you know, if I'm, if I have a perfect seven day week, three days will be sports specific training, shorter sets. So it might be you know, five, two minute sets um, with a minute rest, two minute rest in between um, of a, whatever, whatever I want to do. Snatch will probably just be like three sets because it's a little bit easier when you have the hand switch. And then um, the other days will be a mobility day where it's just original strength, mobility, stretching. Um, two days will be just lifting the heavy sandbag, you know, like over yokes or, you know, picks up to shoulder, uh, throw over, you know, throw over the shoulder type of stuff. Um, I don't know why, but this, the strongman sandbag type of yeah. thing just, I was just, well I was just going to say, you're the skinniest strongman I've ever seen. You love, <laughs> stro you love strongman training for a guy, for a guy, that, oh. for the guy that's six foot and 180 pounds. You, you love your sand, you love your strongman training, which is great. I love, like, I love seeing it. It's, it's, uh, it's really hard. It's, it is. I mean, I, there's uh you know some of these guys out there you know lifting like 300 pound bags like, I I just don't I don't have the frame for it I don't have the capacity for it but something that's you know scalable to my you know my needs my weight um, maybe a little more of an endurance bent of just you know trying to do more picks or you know pick it up and do some funny squats with it because you can't really squat with a sandbag in your lap um, or I can't all that well um, that type of thing I think helps translate to some power output for sport. Um, and then I'll have another day that's kind of a catch up, maybe like strength day. Um, you know, what is my weak point? What is my technique weak point that I need to work on? Um, and that's, that's kind of the normal routine. So three days of sport, a day of mobility, which is a non-negotiable, but I want to make it negotiable. <laughs> um, and then, you know, the two days of kind of strongman sandbag, uh, you know, mace type of activity, and then one additional, um, you know, if I get to a type of day to work on strength and catch up on anything I'm feeling weak on, you know, I, I was having a problem like lockout for, you know, fixation um, and jerk. So it's just like grab the 16s or grab the 20s and just focus on boom, 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 lockout. And uh, don't worry about how, what, rep count or duration and just work on it that way. Nice. Yeah, that's, yeah. It's so that I love, I love how balanced the approach is from a, like, I think one thing that you that I love about your approach is you you do take into account um, 
your psychological longevity and, and like making sure that like for as much as, for as much as you're about like, um, you know, when we're talking about like discipline and embracing the suck and those types of things, you, that doesn't mean that you make yourself do things that you don't like, right? Like, like you do make your, make yourself do hard things, but you also adjust and be like, Hey, I can't just do the same things over and over again, or I'm going to get bored. I'm going to get stagnant. I'm going to neglect these other things. I know I need Mm -hmm. to have a diverse, like, like you, you, it's a, it's an interesting polarity, right? Like you lean into the fact that you need, that you need variety and you know that about yourself to keep yourself psychologically interested. Um, but you also know that you like doing hard things, but the hard thing doesn't have to be the same thing all the time. And, and by keeping it, by keeping it varied, you enjoy it more. Um, so it's, so it's not, so it's not punishing because I think that, I think that's a, it's a really important balance to strike, right? It can't, it can't be something you end up dreading, right? Like if you end up dreading it, then you're, then you're setting yourself up for, uh, for failure long-term. Yeah. Well, I think I, I probably learned that through the hard way. So after the first Twin Cities, I, I was like, I'm long cycle. Long cycle is the king. That's all I'm going to do. <laughs> so I long cycled like 20 days in a row and or 20 workouts in a row. And at the end of that, I was like, my body feels like it's just going to give up on me. There's no diversity here. You're getting over getting close to an overuse injury. So I had to do something different. And I love long cycle. It's like the hardest lift, maybe the the easiest to learn because it's somewhat forgiving because you're going at a slower pace. It's also the hardest because if you want to go fast and lift, lift heavy weights, you really got to be dialed in. Yeah. Biggest, um, biggest, biggest amplitude, but also low, lowest, lowest, lowest total uh, number of repetitions. So, so yeah. least number of cycles, but biggest amplitude and biggest volume. So like there's a, yeah, yeah there's a, there's, there's definitely, you can spread out the suffering more, which is great, yeah. but you, it definitely taxes your, your engine and your mindset probably the most of, of the three. Oh yeah. So I had to dial that back and now you know, in the kind of off season, we'll call it, because I'm not, I'm not planning on doing another competition until, you know, end of the spring, early summer, I'll do, you know, basically one day of each lift, each sport lift in the, in the off season, call it. And then when I get to sports specific training, uh, maybe 12 weeks out, 10 weeks out, something like that, um, that'll start to ramp back up to maybe two days a week of, I'll probably just do long cycles, probably just two days a week of long cycle, a jerk day, a snatch day and maybe cleans is that improvement because I've, I've got some big elbows. I always got to keep, uh, I got to work on particularly, um, when I'm trying to go fast. Um, I really need to get those tightened up when I'm, when I'm trying to hit like a nine, 10 rep a minute, uh, pace. Slow is smooth. Smooth is fast. You can always go faster yeah. once you're smooth. All right. That's yeah. always, that's always the, that's always the trick bag, right? Go, well, go know, slow get, enough to get, be get, able to go fast. I, I get a little frustrated, you know, when um, I was watching Brenna train and she was, well, she's, she, you know, did hard style before this for a number of years and snatch is like her, her Jam. exercise. Like she, yeah. she is, man, she's good. Um, she's really good at it. And every single rep, you know, she did 223 reps, I think at Twin Cities. Yep. And like the last one looked like the first one. And, uh, you know, snatch is my worst lift. And I, I really, <laughs> envy when it's when it looks the same every single time and i'm getting better with yeah. particular jerk and somewhat with long cycle snatch uh i've got a long way to go snatch uh, is a fickle just... mistress man it is a very very fickle mistress you have to be very precise and it's, it takes a lot of reps takes a lot of precision it is definitely a very it is very cyclic it's very precise it is yeah. it is definitely fickle it is, it is, but um, it's also 
good. It's, um, you know, I have a sedentary job, so I don't get a lot of cardio. I'm not walking or running all that often. Um, so I look at snatch as kind of a conditioning modality in my training. So I might dial back the weight a little more forgiving, but then just bump up the reps and, you know, you get that kind of conditioning, you know, maybe that, maybe that little euphoria of running, that type of thing. And really like that, whereas maybe jerk, um, you can, I can dial the weight up and get my intensity in that fashion. So in the off season, I'll kind of play around with that a little bit more. Um, and then I always end workouts with some type of, you know, like uh, weighted carry or I, I made a sled out of some old tires that I weighted down and just drag it up and down the street. Um, like something like that, that really what just are you talking about you, you end you end every, uh, you end every workout with your appropriate cool down and stretching routine and mobility, right? No, 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 <laughs> no not at all. I told you this is, that's one of the hard things I need to do. Um, I, I mean, I have been working on some mobility and some stretching at the end of the workouts, but I also like the last exercise. I know, I know. I'm just busting something your where you can just go to the wall and, um, you know, feel like you're doing something, work on a pain point, like, you know, uh, some knee mobility, drag it backwards, the, the knees over toes guy type of stuff. Yep. There's all kinds of things you can do um, to work on that type of stuff. Uh, you know, waiter. Well, in the summer, waiter walks, you know, walk down the street, turn around, walk back with a, a 24 kilo over my head. You are just people, really trying to make sure your neighbors think that you are insane. <laughs> oh, they, they, they all know it. Yeah, walking up and down it. the well, street with a weight over his head in his underwear. I don't know what's going on over there. <laughs> man, it's not my underwear. It looks like underwear. Well, yeah, yeah to them, to them, it's your underwear. They don't, they don't know yeah, the difference. When you, yeah, we're in tight season now, so... Yeah. Um, but there are some people that understand my, you know, one of my neighbors is also a member of the Twin Cities Kettlebell Club or, you know, on the edge, the fringe of the Twin Cities. Kettlebell I know he's, Club. he's so, in now. He's in now. I just dropped off his bells. That's why I was over there. I dropped off his bells. So he's, yeah, he's in. Yeah. I'll bring him over to the, the pain cave and we can have some, you know, you he'll know, love that. He'll love sets. that. Honestly, he, he will love that. Like my, Michael, Michael's a good friend of mine. He he's great. You'll, and you'll love him. He's, you know, he's comes from the CrossFit world. He comes from the, the, you know, the kettlebell sport of barbell, right? Like he comes from, he comes from that world, but he's transitioning more to kettlebell sport now just had a new baby. So he's, yeah, he's all about like, what can I do at home that it doesn't require a CrossFit box. And yeah, he's, yeah, you, you'll, you'll, you'll really like Michael. He's, he's great. Well, th that's an area that I think is, is so interesting in the kettlebell sport world. There's, you know, so many people that do CrossFit or that that style of workout that um, I think I'd be really humbled by picking up some kettlebells and trying a, even a five minute long cycle set or jerk set and go through the motions. And, and I think if you try for just one workout, you would be hooked. There's those people, maybe like me, that would be hooked and say, this is the hardest thing I've ever done. I want to try it again. Yeah. Um, oh, that was, so, <laughs> yeah, that was terrible. I need to do it again. <laughs> I need to do it again. Um, or, you know, like when, when D Dennis Vasiliev um, did the rogue slingshot challenge and just destroyed I, everyone. I, I can't remember how many snatches he did. 272, um, I think, or something like the Some, yeah, un, some ungodly number with a 24, with a 24, you know, it's just, yeah. But, but when I was in, when I did the tactical strength challenge with strong first, uh, you know, a number of years ago, there were guys who were really proud of, you know, their, their hundred rep, uh, you know, snatch time. And to think about translating that then to a 10 minute set, I think there's a lot of those people that would say, this is hard. I'm going to try it. I'm going to, I'm going to do it again. And I can do it at home. I don't have to do a box. I don't have to, you know, drive anywhere. 
Um, maybe the garage is warmer than ours. Uh, that kind of thing. Yeah. I love it. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to be respectful of your time. So I got a couple more questions for you. Um, so I'm, I am curious because you talked about being, you know, an over overweight, you know, as a, as a teenager. And I know that you happen to, uh, know a dietitian uh, pretty, pretty well. So, um, what, what is, uh, what is your approach to, to nutrition now? And, and how does that, uh, how does that fit into, to your story? Right. Yeah. So that's a good question. Um, so I, Generally speaking, I mean, I've cleaned up my diet, you know, like meat, eggs, you know, veggies, fruit, that kind of thing. Um, I've tried like a carnivore diet for a period just to see how it went. That wasn't my style. Um, (laughs) You know, more like ketogenic type of activity. Um, I think it's largely for me about just eating better whole foods. Um, And then I also most days will intermittent fast or my breakfast will be just a protein-based breakfast. Um, that works best for me. If I have carbohydrates, just kind of, you know, like I'm going through mud for the rest of the day. And that's mm. maybe falls in the face of a pretty gly- glycolytic sport, like kettlebell sport. Mm-hmm. Um, but I find I get a little boost if I am training in a, a somewhat depleted um, state from my carbohydrate intake. And then day of competition, I'll eat some uh, dried bananas or figs or something like that. Some type of dried fruit that's got a lot more fructose in it. And you get that sugar hit and um, feel like performance bumps up a little bit. And I'll practice that a couple of times. Like what works for me? What do I like? What do I like from a timing perspective? Um, so that's maybe like a, just a biohack to try to bump my performance up and train when I'm a little bit more depleted because you know, triathlon, for example, that last set, that long cycle set, when you've already done jerk and snatch, you're feeling depleted regardless of what yeah. you ate. You could, you know, eat a pound of M&Ms and you're, that, that sugar high is not going to be enough to overcome what just happened. Um, yeah, that's, that is, that is definitely, um, I, I, I was telling, I was telling one of my friends about my, my triathlon at, at, Twin Cities Kettlebell Open, which was not planned, by the way, uh, nor was the 10-minute snatch set. I really planned on only doing one five-minute set because of, you know, being so close to shoulder surgery. But, uh, you know, I blame I blame Sarah Fornero for convincing me to do the the triathlon. And then, uh, you know, we, we were when we were lifting, you know, the lifter next to me was a 70-year-old doing his first 10-minute snatch set. And he was like, hey, if you want to if you want to go the full 10 minutes, you know, and, you know, when you get that, <laughs> you get that from a guy who's, who's doing his first First, his first 10 minute competition set at 70 years old, you're like, I'm pretty sure I can suck it up and do a 10 minute set. But, um, that last, that last long cycle set, man, I like, it felt like I was using somebody else's hands. I was so sloppy. My technique was all over the place. I banged the bell off of my knee, which I never do that. Like I never, I never bang my knees anymore. Like I banged the bell off of my knee and yeah, that, that depletion is, is, is real. Like, especially in, in a one day triathlon where you're doing all three lifts within a span of a few hours, like that carbohydrate and glycogen depletion is definitely real. You're, you're less precise. You're just, you're just, uh, you're kind of, you're kind of lifting through mud a little bit. Like you said, like it's, it's definitely, it's definitely hard. Yeah. So, I mean, like nutrition, I don't, you know, I don't track like micronutrients really don't track my macros. It's a big focus on just what I'm eating from a food perspective. Um, overall, you know, my weight's pretty steady right now. Um, maybe up and down a little bit, you know, everybody has highs and lows. We're going into the holiday season. Everybody's going to eat a little bit more gain season, baby holiday hypertrophy. We're going to lean into it. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I I might, I might steal a couple of those workouts. Do it. Do it. Let's do it. So, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I, I, you're big. You're a big fan of Halos, and I am not. So I'm gonna try them. I guess. <laughs> I, um. I'm not. I mean, to call me a fan would be a miss. Uh, probably a misnomer. I mean, it's one of those like I do them because I need to. Um, they're they're hard, and you know they're much harder than they look. That's the thing. Like when you see people do them smoothly, and you know you're like, oh, I can I can do that. That's no big deal. You're just moving a weight around your head, and then you you do a, you do a few of them, and the first few feel fine, and then. But I always I, I never prescribe them at less than probably 12 total reps and right now they're we're prescribing at 20 and like you get to that point and you're like once you get past 12 it's like holy crap these are hard my arms are tired my core is tired like <laughs> like my shoulders are getting tired like my grip's getting tired like they 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 definitely sneak up on you a little bit so yeah i, I definitely i recommend i recommend halos even though I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of them but it's the do hard things do things that suck kind of kind of uh, endorsement i guess for for halos yeah. Yeah. I mean, you gotta, you gotta do it. It's uh, it's like rack squats for me. I, uh, that this like anaconda strength of your abdominal wall tightening. That's, I think that's a Dan John thing, Yeah, but yeah, it I, is. I went into it as like, Oh, I could definitely do 10 with the 24s. No big deal. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's hard. It's yeah. really hard. Those heavy, so those heavy, exercise. those heavy double front squats are, are no joke or heavy goblet squats. Like, yeah, it's, it's, oh, yeah. yeah, it's, it's definitely no joke. All right. So the last question, and normally it's what would be the one tip that you would give to a new lifter, but for you, I'm going to make you, I'm going to make you pick one catchphrase of, of your, of your catchphrase and it can't be one you've already said. Uh, So, so a a new catchphrase or of your mantras, right. Or your things that you like to, that you like to share. Um, What would be, what would be something that you would, that we, that you would point somebody to as a, as a good piece of advice or a good, good mantra to, to adopt. I don't know if I said this one or not on the podcast, okay, but well, we'll um, the, the one I uh, the one I always tell people if I have what one thing to say is live your success, whatever it is, just live it. Just define your path, what works for you, what your success is, and move on. There's all this noise and you know people that are going to criticize you or maybe you know nag on your goals, but it, you know everybody who's succeeded and accomplished anything in life defined what that is for them and just relentlessly pursued it. And that's where they're, that's why they're at where they're at today. I love that. Live your success. I'm emphasizing the your part of it, but I, I love yeah. that because I think that's, I think that based on what you said, that's the emphasis, right? Is absolutely. Define, absolutely. define it for you because what's going to make you happy and fulfilled is going to be different than what's going to make me happy or fulfilled. And I oh, love yeah. that. That's great. That's awesome. I mean, we, we, we have a lot in common. But what you define as success, what I define as success, totally different. And if I pursued your goal, well, that's not going to be very satisfying for me yeah. or not as satisfying as it could be. So figure out what you want to do and just go do it. And that might involve mistakes. And that's okay. I think the one thing that we're clear on is we are going to take over Canada. The two, oh, yes. two, two yeah. man, two man oh. army invading Toronto um, circa August you know, 12th. We should be able to get more than two. There yeah, be, I know. There should be more than two. Yeah, we'll we'll. Yeah. we'll, we'll we won't tell them our numbers before we, well, okay, we'll have to, cause we'll have to register, but fine. We're coming, we're coming for you, team Riddlestruck. We're, we're going to come have fun and we're going to, we're going to do hard things on the platform. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, but also like, this is such an awesome community and I think the podcast here helps cultivate that. I know like I lift in person at the Twin City Kettlebell Open, awesome experience, awesome event. Uh, you know, there's a new lifters that joined, there's people that returned. You mentioned, um, you know, the, the older gentleman, I think his name was Joe, who did yep. the 10-minute snatch, killed it. Yeah, killed he killed it. it. Yeah, he did. He did people, awesome. 
people were going nuts. And there's there's not a ton of us there this year, but it's so exciting when a new person steps on the platform and really accomplishes a huge goal, a huge physical accomplishment. And you know that was his success in that moment. And it's, it's really invigorating to watch it happen um, as a spectator and see people succeed. Yeah, absolutely. It was, yeah, and well, and you mentioned your, your, how close you are with your brother. Like one of my first, like one thing that I noticed the first time you were lifting was how enthused your brother was while you were lifting and how just like, he's yelling at you and hollering. And like, he was so, he was so jacked for you. And last year, you know, he was so, he was so pumped for you and like came up and gave you, gave you a big hug and was like, awesome job. I was just like, I was like, oh, that's, su- that's super cool. Like that, that's awesome. Like that was so cool to see. And and then when you said, oh yeah, this is my brother is like, I get that. Cause my brother, my brother's my best friend and he lives nearby. And like, I, I totally, I totally understand that. Like, I love those, I love those moments. Like I live for those moments of seeing, seeing people succeed and seeing those, seeing those big embraces and those big, those big physical accomplishments. And yeah, it's, it's just awesome. So yeah, definitely, definitely highly recommend being there in person because, uh, it's a great, it's a great in-person experience and it's not something you can replicate, um, training in your garage on your own. It's great. If, if that's what you need to do but if you can make it here man i i just i highly recommend in-person competitions it's just it's a different vibe totally different vibe oh, yeah it is and you know that that's my middle brother troy who was at the lift a year ago he had a baby so he couldn't come this year but i dropped off a kettlebell for him that nice. that vulcan bell i gave it to him so i'm like hey maybe this could be a thing maybe you could train in your garage maybe you could you know, hook up with jordan he could get you a program and you know, you got plenty of time. Yeah, and we're doing we're doing uh, Zoom sessions on Saturdays now. We're doing like one Zoom session a week. We'll start we'll start next we'll start next week. We're going to be doing one Zoom session a week on Saturdays uh, again. So we're trying to build back some of the 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 team camaraderie via Zoom a little bit because things fell off a little bit post COVID, and then I had my shoulder surgery and all that. But yeah, we're 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 bringing we're bringing that back and and for those of us that are local, I'm going to try and start putting together like uh, a monthly session at the athlete lab too, so that we can go like see each other and, and get some, get some work in together as well. So we're going to be, there's going to be big things coming in, in 2023. I'm pretty, pretty excited about, I'll talk, talk more about those things, but uh, Ryan, thank you so well, much, man. This is, this is, this has been an awesome chat. You know, you and I can always, <laughs> we can always wrap for hours. So um, I appreciate, yeah. I appreciate you making the time and, and, and taking time to come on the podcast. Anything you want to, anything you want to leave with? No, I really appreciate it. I think you cultivate an awesome community, Jordan, and I'm just so appreciative to be a part of it. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate you too, man. And uh, we'll go do some hard things and uh, and have and have fun and have fun doing it. So, thank you very much, Ryan. We'll talk soon, brother. Yep. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Platform Podcast. We'll be back with a new episode soon. Please be sure to leave a rating and review of the platform podcast in your app of choice, support our work by supporting our affiliates. And of course, if you have questions or you want help reaching your goals, reach out to me till next time. Thanks for listening.